0: This is Working to Beat. It is Tuesday, December 1st, 2020. I'm Kevin Cooney. Thanks for joining us. Mike Kern will be around in a second.
1: Give me what you
0: and so will our guest, Martin Frank, who covers the Eagles for the Gennett chain of newspapers based out of Wilmington in the News Journal. Uh, Martin will join us to discuss whatever the hell that was last night. I mean, that was just... Even by this team standards, that was, (laughs) that was something. I mean, the first five series, three and outs, you know, you could look at 23, 17 and go, yeah, they covered, but that's about it. I mean, and I don't know. I don't know if there's been more of a takedown on national television of a Philadelphia organization Than there was by Lewis Reddick and Brian Greasy last night on Monday Night Football. I mean, the Seahawks weren't that hot themselves. But that was a disgrace. They had no shot of winning that game. Ever. Ever, 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 ever did they have a shot of winning that game. It almost makes you yearn for 41-0. At least that put you out of your misery early. This team kind of kept it. Kicking it around for three hours, go boom, you know, they're only a touchdown away. And the head coach and the GM have a lot of explaining to do. A lot. You can point at the quarterback, and I'm not saying the quarterback's not messed up, but holy God, how in the world can this team, three years after a Super Bowl, be this bad? How can your receivers not get any separation against the worst secondary in modern NFL history? Unreal. Anyway, we'll talk to Martin about that, some other stuff going on. Uh, We'll get to in the second half hour, the Bill Madden report out of New York with the Phillies, which was just the, uh, I, I don't know what that was. I don't, I don't know what the hell that was that bill madden had that's the theme of the day i don't know what the hell anyway mike and i'll talk about that we'll talk about the college basketball's issues say joe's now shut down for two weeks i'm sure though the bulk of this show is going to be spent railing at the football team So why not why not begin the railing? Mr. Kern will join us and Martin Frank will join us. That's next. Work of the beat continues right after this. Well, the eagles last night lost 23 to 17 and you know part of part of the the problem with it was you never even felt like they really had a shot because their offense was so awful for the first half and joining us now is the beat reporter for the usa today network uh actually the columnist for the usa today network based out of wilmington longtime reporter here in Philadelphia doing the Sixers and the Eagles and the Phillies at different points. One of the all-time good guys. Martin Frank joins us. Martin, how are you? I'm good, Kevin. How are you? Was that a fun game last night? Oh, my goodness. And, and you were in the box, so I'm not sure you got to hear it. But, um, you know, Lewis Riddick and Brian Greasy were just killing the Eagles' front office. They were just destroying... Things with Howie Roseman and you've gotten the covered Jeff for a long time. Lurie. he's going to listen to that, isn't he? I mean, he's, he's sensitive to some of that outside noise about where his organization goes. Correct.
2: Yes, but this would be like a huge departure on, on Jeffrey Lurie's part. I mean, he's pretty much nurtured Howie Roseman ever since like Howie was like a young pup, like, Back in 2000, you know, basically an intern, worked his way up. You know, he didn't even fire him when Chip won that power play. He just kind of moved him aside for a year, brought him back, gave him total control and everything. So he might listen, but it's going to be, it's going to take an awful lot for for Laurie to pull the plug on this, on, on Howie. I mean, it could happen. I mean, he's done stuff like this before with Chip Kelly, for example. But man, how he and Howie are like father and son. You know, it's it's going to take a lot. But he,
0: uh, uh, go ahead, Mike. I'm sorry.
1: No, for whatever it's worth, Ray didinger on post game live last night, late in post game live, because I look, you know, to me, Ray is the pulse. He's not always right. Ray said exactly what our guest is saying that he doesn't think. Even if the season, if they don't win another, this, the question was posed to him, if the Eagles don't win another game or whatever, and he doesn't think that Jeff is going to pull the plug on either the coach or the general manager because he thinks he will get, he'll, he'll write it off as 2020 was this, the, the weirdest year ever. I'm going to give them another year, probably because of the Super Bowl, whatever, and, and like uh, Martin just said, because of the relationship that he has with Howie. And I, if you put a gun to my head right now and said you got to bet one way or the other, I'm betting that those two don't get let go. I'm not saying
0: there won't be changes, but I don't think those two will get let go. Well, all right, Martin, let me take the other half of that. Doug Peterson right now obviously was kind of neutered with his two offensive coaches last year who he said he wanted to bring back, and Roseman and Lurie kind of pushed him in the firing after he said that publicly. Um, is Doug in hot water right now?
2: Doug could be in hot water. It's, it's just all like, it's just all so complicated. Like, you know, what Mike was saying, you go back, I go back to, um, last spring, um, Howie Roseman met with the media. It was probably like April, maybe, you know, right around the draft. And he's, you know, getting ready for the draft. And he's kind of saying, you know, we were an old team. You know, we were trying to plug, plugging guys here and there to keep the Super Bowl thing going on. And what happened was, you know, they got old and he's got to change that. And he didn't come right out and say like these next three years were rebuilding years, but he did say that like, he's got to re- restock the roster with youth and, you know, you might take a, t- take a step back and, and and that's kind of what we're seeing. And, Obviously, if Howie Roseman's saying that, then, then Jeff is on board with the fact that, hey, they might not be Super Bowl contenders this year. And, and you know, and then 2020 happened. You have all these young wide receivers. You don't have a training camp. You don't have time for Carson Wentz to kind of, like, develop any kind of rapport with those guys. And then the offensive line, like, falls apart. Like, you know, guys get hurt. Uh, Dillard's supposed to be the left tackle. Andre Dillard's supposed to be the left tackle. He tears his biceps, so now you got to move Jason Peters. You, you you were just plugging him in for Brandon Brooks, and hey, at 38 years old, yeah, move him inside and have him play guard. But now Dillard's hurt, so now you got to put him back in left tackle. He's not in shape to play left tackle. He gets embarrassed because he's, you know, he's 38 years old. He shouldn't be playing left tackle, and they have got, they've got nobody else, you know. And everything just kind of falls apart. But but more, now let me
0: play devil's advocate on this. Is Howie the guy you want drafting for a rebuild? Because Andre Dillard was, yeah, it was funny. I was listening to like Grease on the way uh, out last night uh, before the game. And Ike goes, I'm not sure Andre Dillard would be the starter here no matter what. Because of Jordan Maialata's emergence a little bit. But because he's shown no reason in a year plus to think he can be that guy. And Jalen Rieger... Last night was embarrassed by how poorly he played, and the draft pick issues that have plagued this team. You know, I'll even go Derek Barnett. I mean, I know he had a good night last night, and he's had some great nights, but given where they picked him, I don't think he's lived up to what they've expected. So, take all of this into equation: Is Howie Roseman the guy you really want with a top six pick right now?
2: Well, uh, that's another good question. I mean you look at you look at the 2017 draft and and when they were making those picks, like Howie Roseman knew then that those those would be the guys who in 2020 2021 would be the core of the team. So the first round pick is Derek Barnett. He's played well, but he's gotten hurt a lot you. Well, he was great last night, and and when he's... But he also has games been, where he doesn't, you know, hear him at all. You
0: know, he's invisible. Yeah.
2: yeah, but, I mean, if you're picking, like, 14 or 15, you want to get, like, a starting guy, and, right. and he's a starting guy. I wouldn't say he's a great pick. I wouldn't say he's a bad pick. I mean, it, it's a decent pick. Um, but then you look at Sidney Jones in the second round. You look at Rasul Douglas in the third round, and those are those were supposed to be the cornerbacks of the future. Like those are the guys you don't have to trade for Darius Slay if Sidney Jones and Rasul Douglas develop and become legitimate NFL starters. Right, And that never happened. And that sent them back. And then the next year, you know, they, they trade away their first round pick. They end up with Dallas Goddard. So now you have two really good tight ends, but it's a luxury because, you need help at other positions, and that's kind of like what Howie's done. That's kind of like been his pattern. Like, you know, we're gonna outsmart everybody, and and you know, have this wonderful type of offense that nobody ever thought about. You know, and you go to the Jalen Hurts pick in the second round the same year. Yeah, Jalen Hurts could be a dynamic quarterback and stuff, but a. Needed help in the secondary. You needed help on the offensive line. You didn't address it. You know, linebacker. Jesus, look what they got yeah. there. You know, you didn't address any of those positions. But yeah, you got a nice little gadget quarterback um, who, by the way, doesn't play. Plays two snaps. So yeah, I mean, you could definitely make that case that Howie's resume as a drafter is is problematic. I mean, maybe you bring in you know, like a senior type of guy to oversee the draft. I mean, maybe you keep Howie and, and, you know, have him do. Cap stuff. Cap stuff, exactly. And, you know, let him, you know, give the power of the draft to somebody else. I mean, something like that. It's yeah. very possible. Mike. Well, that's what I meant
1: when I was saying
2: changes. You, you do yeah. something
1: like that, you bring in an offensive coordinator, but you don't fire the guys. But, but Martin, let me ask you this. So, Jeffrey has to make these decisions, regardless of what happens in the next five games. You know, I think it's pretty immaterial what happens in the next five games. So, he's got to make these decisions. Who is he, like, leaning on to get advice or get whatever? Or is this simply like he goes back into a room somewhere and figures it out on his own? Because I'm guessing he would normally lean on Howie a little bit. Right. But I'm just trying to get a sense for for what he might be thinking or how these decisions are going to be um, nurtured.
2: Yeah, that's, that's a great question. I mean, if you go back to when he decided to, like, fire Chip, I mean, it might have been the same thing. Like, you know, I'm sure Howie was kind of saying, well, look what Chip did here, look what Chip did there back then. But, you know, Jeffrey, he's like – he's kind of hard to describe like he's he's kind of really intellectual and he kind of thinks things through and stuff like that and I think that's what make this that's what makes this situation really difficult because he knows that changes have to be made in in one way or another whether you know if it's not gonna be firing Howie it's got to be to change something about how they do things like you know he talks about the collaborative process you know where He, Howie, Doug, you know, they're they're all in this kind of together, and they all – but, you know, what happens, like you said, what happens when you have to make a decision about one of those guys you collaborate with? I mean – Well, do you think
1: when they took Jalen Hurts, where -hmm. they took him, how much input do you think Doug had in that? Because it seems to me like that was a – and I could be totally wrong here. It seems to me that was a Howie move saying, I'm smarter than everybody else in the room. We're the quarterback uh, keepers or whatever, factory. however the hell he said that. Factory, factory,
2: factory yeah. And,
1: and it seems to me that Doug is now having trouble grasping how to you know, implement this. I could be totally wrong. Maybe Doug went in and said, hey, we can get – it was almost like they said, we can get the guy to finish second in the Heisman Trophy and and produce the last two number one picks, the program that produced the last two number one picks in the NFL draft, and we can get him with the 40th pick or the 35th pick or wherever the hell they got him.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's. I think Howie, I think this was a Howie pick, and I think Howie was thinking down the road. Like, you know, Carson Wentz has this history of getting hurt. Um, they they're paying him a ton of money, you know, and it's an extension. But like, they can get out of that beginning in twenty twenty two. So they're like, well, maybe if if maybe if Carson keeps getting hurt we have this young quarterback who's like, could be the next Lamar Jackson could be the next Kyler Murray. We can develop him for a couple of years. Cause ideally like the way they're using Jalen hurts is the way they probably intended to use him when the season started, you know, they figured, Hey, we'll be this, you know, we'll be 500, maybe a little bit better. We'll be contending for the NFC East title, which actually they are obviously, but, um, Faint you know, praise. So it, wasn't, it wasn't like, I don't think anybody was talking about, Hey, you know, we need to replace Carson Wentz. People mm-hmm. were talking, Hey, we got to, we got to develop a quarterback and you know, he would be a nice compliment if we ever need him. And then, but, but this one play, uh, this one play a game or
1: two plays a game is stupid and everybody can see it's stupid. I mean, you know, I think Louis Riddick had the line last night. What purpose does it serve? Yeah, I it's, don't get it. Like, if you're going to let him play a series or let him play two series, okay. You know, they went five, three and out five straight times, and he couldn't get on the field?
2: Yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, if you look at it in the context of, you know, Carson Wentz is a top 15, a top 10 quarterback, well, then you only need Jalen Hurts for a couple plays here and That's there. That's fine. <laughs> Right, exactly. But, he's not, but, but it's that's, not <laughs> exactly. So now you're, you know. But I don't think they envisioned that when they drafted. Yeah, Hurts. you're right. Like, yeah, I don't sure. think they envisioned the fact that hey, Carson Wentz is going to like totally fall off a cliff, and we need to find a way to get Jalen Hurts in the game, like, you know, twenty, twenty-five. Play. But if you're, but if you're a good staff, don't
1: you have to now figure that out?
2: Yeah. <laughs> Yes, you do, and okay. you should. I mean, okay. yeah, I mean, that's what you got to do the rest of the season. I mean, you look at your record, yeah, they're a half game out of first place, but, you know, at this point, like, you got to find out what Jalen Hurts can do. Like The you, all-important tie. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and Martin, let's take this then
0: to the next step. Let's talk about the quarterback. Mm-hmm. The, the, re- the regression that's taken place this year, and, and, yeah, there were a couple times last night he had receivers – Somewhat open, and he just missed them. Uh, yeah. There was the play to Goddard down the sideline uh, in the in the second quarter, um, or he didn't see the guy who was open, Kevin. That or two guys, him. yeah, two, two guys, guys
2: were open. Were open, and, and Goddard was open. A good pass over his shoulder, and that could be a touchdown. Touchdown, but right? He, like underthrew it a little bit, and the defensive back was able to get his hands on it. Even on the ones where there were pi
0: uh, called, that yeah, you know, you, all right, you get the pi, but you could add a touchdown on a couple, mm-hmm. um, is this just a matter of him, because he's been hit so much, being gun-shy? Um, you know, it, it's strange. He, he almost had that Brett Favre gunslinger thing going for a while. Now he's, like, a little too tentative. It, it's like, the the whole mental thing with him is, I think, where more of the problem than the, the actual physical let the arm you know like there's no injury or anything it looks like on the surface it all just looks like he's mentally like always looking for shadows coming around him it's jim Everett syndrome
2: I, yeah i totally agree with that uh i think that's what you're saying right now he he doesn't know where to go or what to do um i think he's been Pressured on like over 40% of his dropbacks. So basically like four out of 10 times he he sets up to throw the ball. There's somebody in his face. Um, He's been sacked 46 times, most in the NFL. I mean, yeah, you could say he's starting to get like that David Carr syndrome. I mean, you know, you go back to the Texans quarterback, his rookie year, he got sacked like 70 some odd times and just like – you know, he couldn't get out of his own head. I think, like, I think that's a big part of it. Um, You know, the easy throws that he's botching might be just, like, you know, tensing up at the last second. I mean, I think there's definitely some of that. And His
1: mechanics look like they're way off, too, don't they?
2: Yeah. I mean, it's just weird. Like, like I saw a stat this morning of quarterbacks. I think there have been five who have regressed the way Carson Wentz did, like, in, like, a. Percentage point drop off your passer rating. Like his career, for his first four years was like ninety eight something, and and now it's like seventy three point six or something like that. And there are only like four other quarterbacks who had such a big drop off, and like three of them, you know, Pete Manning in his last year, you know, you're talking about guys who are like well into their thirties. So like Wentz was by far the youngest out of all all the other four of them. So there's something going on, like, and I think Kevin hit it right on the head. Like, it's 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 watching. To he's he's finding ghosts. I mean,
0: he's finding yeah. his head is constantly so much on a swivel, and, and they've almost made the game so mechanical for him that he's not seeing the field. He's not looking downfield. He, he he he's locking him on a single read, and that's where yeah. you get into trouble with turnovers. But well, let yeah, me ask both. You, they, let me ask both you
1: guys this though. Do you think we underestimated the two injuries that he had? Uh, and I, I mean, he had a pretty serious knee injury, came back probably too fast, and then suffered a back injury.
0: And then the concussion and, last year.
1: And, well, I'm not even counting the concussion, okay, But because I don't consider that an injury, oh. but you're right. Oh, uh, I, I, I think that no, no. concussion I – mean, You're right, Kevin. You're right. But I'm saying a knee is a knee is a knee. Um, And he played the last four games last year. Other than the last four games last year – Against four, But do you think all those injuries have maybe made him less of a of – even at the age of 26 or 27 or whatever he is, has, has made him less than – and he can never kind of get back to that
2: because of those? I don't know. Like, there were games earlier in the year where he was running around. Like, he was our leading rusher last night. He had, like, 40-some-odd yards. I mean, I mean, he showed – that there were a couple of games where he had, like, some really good escapability, I guess. But I mean, as far as
1: throwing the ball more, more so. And, and like having mechanical,
2: to, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Like, the thing about Wentz is even like you go back to that 2017 year, um, when he was probably on pace to be the MVP of the league, like his completion percentage was only like 60.2, I think. And you know, now I mean, it's obviously worse because it's like 58 something, but you know, he was never like a high percentage quarterback i mean he was never like actually the one year the 2018 season he had he completed like 69 percent of his passes but that was like the only year he was really in the upper 60s but he made so, special plays yes yes and and you're not seeing that as often yes i mean that is the, the difference i mean there have been times this year where he has done it but like it hasn't been that often and you know, he's not the most accurate quarterback in the world, but what makes what made him dynamic was his ability to extend plays, and it's just not happening as much since the injury. So that's probably, like, the main thing that's kind of changed, but you know, there are ways to work around that. Like, you know, Peterson obviously, he gets asked this every week, why don't you roll him out more? Why don't you, you know, get him outside the pocket and stuff? Because Peterson himself has said, you know, he's dynamic when he's in those types of situations, but it barely ever happens and it's mind boggling to be honest hell roll roll tail and hurts out yeah exactly I I don't know well like sometimes I think like you know the best thing for Wentz right now is just like to have him sit for the rest of the year and just like you know come back come back in the spring you know for the spring workouts and practice but isn't that
1: comment that Doug made didn't Doug kind of back himself into a corner a couple of weeks ago when he said, if I do that, I'm sending out a signal that I'm giving up on the season?
2: Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what he said. But, I mean, it's a couple of weeks later, and and things are no better off. And, you know, you're 3-7-1. and one. Yeah, you're a half game out of first place in the NFC East, but, you know, what's the point? You know, I think the players already know the season's going nowhere. Even if they get in the playoffs, they get a home game – and, you know, they're going to lose that. I mean, I, I hate asking this
0: in this way, but I'll ask it right away. They're losing out, aren't they?
2: They're going to lose out. Uh, Well, maybe they, they win they, at Dallas. They, maybe they do play the Cowboys. And, you know, Washington's not that good either. I mean, yeah, they could lose to Washington. but I'll take Washington's quarterback situation
0: it. right now over the Eagles. And that's saying something.
2: Yeah, guy who's a broken leg. Like, two, yeah, and thirty seven years old. Years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's very possible. Like, uh, you know, the thing is, though, they could lose like these next three games, uh, be like three ten and one going into those last two games, and still have a chance to win the division too.
0: <laughs> yep, that's unbelievable.
1: Uh, yeah, if, if they were three, if they were three seven and one in a division. Were to, yeah, some team had eight wins, let's say. But even – I guess they'd only be a couple out of wild cards still. But if they were in that situation, I think there would be no doubt Jalen Hurts would be playing a yeah. lot.
0: Maybe not every snap. Well, like – but, but you can't expose, like, Jalen Hurts this coming week on a short week oh, in no, Green Bay. I don't mean that, Kevin. But what I'm saying is the whole situation – there was someone running they,
2: around, yeah. running away with the division. Yeah. yeah. right. Yeah. A
1: lot of this is being dictated by the fact that they can still – make the playoffs, mm-hmm. um, even though we might think it, it's worthless or wh- whatever we might think. But in that locker room I th- or, or in, in the kid coach's mind, I think it's still a case of, like, what we would maybe say is, hey, just play the kid. Uh, no. yeah. uh, or maybe not play him all the time, right. but give him two or three series a game just to let's try to see what he's got. But I just think in Doug's mind – yeah, uh, you know, if you're not gonna put him in more when you go five straight three and outs, when are you gonna put him
2: in? Yeah, and, and I think that dynamic is starting to change that you mentioned. Like I think like there's you know, like Doug Peterson was asked last week, uh, you know, if there was a team running away with the NFC East right now, like if there was a team seven and three and you you know you guys are where you are, would would you've been making all these changes by now? And and he kind of like hemmed in hard and, hawed and and avoided the question, but, it, you know, it's pretty obvious that, you know, he's going to keep right, playing yeah. these guys as long as they have a chance. And I think that dynamic is starting to change. Like, you know, they fell out of first place this week. They go to green Bay next week. I mean, you know, okay. what are the chances of beating the Packers with Aaron Rodgers, you know, in green Bay in December, um, you know, and then you got, you got the saints the following week at home. I mean, even without Drew Brees, they're, probably they have the best defense right now in the nfc i mean it's it's crazy so um you know that dynamic is going to start changing within the next couple weeks i mean because you can't see them winning in these next three games i mean you got arizona after that on the road
0: who's going to need that to get in the playoffs maybe at this point because of what what's happened to them the last couple weeks
2: yeah exactly so you know i think that dynamic is starting to change i think like as the next week or two go on, you're gonna see like more of these young guys getting the chance. I mean, you know, you already got Melotta at left tackle. You already got you know Matt Pryor at right tackle. You know Peters is playing right now. I think just because, um, you know, there's just been so many injuries and stuff like that, and you know, it's start that dynamic is starting to change, and I think it'll continue to change as the weeks go on. Um.
0: My final question, I don't know if my partner has another one, but my final question goes to okay, yeah. Doug himself. And you've covered him since he got here. Okay. And you may have even been here when okay. when Doug yeah. was a player, correct?
2: All right. so, uh, yeah, but I wasn't covering the team
0: Okay, all right. So but, um, um, I just to you that. know, maybe because of Zoom, maybe because of just the situation, it appears like. Yeah, well, even last night, I thought his body language post game was just awful. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Very disinterested. Looking to the sides, I don't know who's in the room with him when he does that. Um, and, and Joe Banner mentioned, obviously, in Paul is calm last week, that he, he thinks that Doug's almost acting like a coach who wants to be fired. Mm-hmm. Do you think Doug. Do you think Doug's tired of the situation here at all? I think he's.
2: I think he's frustrated. Um, I don't think he knows exactly what to do. And it just, as things get worse, like, you know, he was hired as a quarterback whisperer, so to speak. Like, you know, right when he was hired, they're like, we're going to draft a quarterback. You played in the NFL. You know, you have Frank Reich here. Um, you're going to develop you're going to develop the quarterback and he's going to be our franchise quarterback, you know, like intertwined and stuff. And I think he's like totally frustrated with what he's seeing out of Wentz, what he's seeing from the offensive line, what he's seeing from the receivers. And yes, that could be a direct, uh, direct correlation to what, Howie has provided him. But, you know, I think he's just out of answers. And I think that's the frustration that you're seeing in the post game press conference. I don't think he knows what to do. So, I mean, you know, which brings us full circle the way we began this conversation.
0: You know, the Mm -hmm. Atlanta Falcons, I think if you look at it, waited one year too long on Thomas Dimitrov and Dan Quinn. You know, after what happened, everybody kind of knew what happened, but Arthur Blank let it go another year, and then they start out and they lost another season. Is that the best argument to make a change? That you don't want to be where Atlanta is right now, which is you're kind of stuck in that no-man's land of, you're not going to get a real high pick because Raheem Mars comes in and your season was blown up six weeks in and yet you're not going to get a high pick because some interim coach comes in and ends up taking you like five or six wins.
2: Yeah. Um, I mean, you look at the teams that sustain it year after year. Um, you know, how do the Patriots do it? I mean, they're always picking like, you know, 30th in the first round. Um, you know, because you had the best they, head coach in the history of the game. That's how you <laughs> do it. And the best
1: quarterback.
2: Yeah. Um, you know, the Ravens, though, I mean, look at them. They're they're in the thick of it every year. Um, yeah, but they had three or four years where they weren't. And Harbaugh yeah.
1: was taking some shots about it three years ago. Yeah, the, that's right. This, before they bought this quarterback in. Right.
2: Yeah, exactly. But that's what happened. They found a quarterback. And, yeah. And, yeah, it's just, I don't know, it's just well, so, so hard Eagles. to do. Well, so the Eagles. They gave
1: him $130 million. They found <laughs> yeah. their
2: It's just so hard to do, like, uh, to keep winning every year while rebuilding. And, you know, that was the Eagles' intention. That was Harry Roseman's intention, and it just... But you understand the Falcons' dynamic I'm, I'm talking about.
0: That the Falcons waited one, too, one year too long, and yeah. that's almost like the worst case that you can happen if you think that this is going off the rails,
2: Right. Yeah. I mean, it's possible. Like, (sighs) I know, I know what you're, I know what you're getting at and everything. It's just, you know, one situation could be different from another, like, you know, the Falcons, like Matt Ryan is, is kind of getting up there in age too. Like, you know, at some point they have to find a new quarterback. Julio Jones has been injured in and out like the last. Redley was hurt. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, Dan Quinn was always a defensive-minded coach anyway. You know, offense wasn't his thing. Um, So, And the Eagles
1: Eagles won a Super Bowl. There is whatever we want to attach to it, okay, a miracle, this, that, the other, whatever. They still won the Super Bowl. And for an owner who had waited 20-some, 20 years for that to happen, there is going to be a certain attachment to the coach and to Howie and he would probably have that attachment to how even if they hadn't won the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And that is a different dynamic, and it doesn't make it right yeah. or wrong yeah, but we've about also... what he
0: should do. No, and you're right, Mike, but we've also learned in this city, and Martin, you saw this up front, close with the Phillies, you can get too attached, and that becomes a problem too. Kevin, I'm not saying you're wrong. I am just saying right. that
1: we can sit here on the outside and say this is what they should do, or Dan Orlovsky can say this is what they should do. Or yeah. anybody with a with a microphone, I'm just saying is that if I'm the owner sitting there, he might be looking at it a totally different way. Yeah, he may be saying, you know, this year stunk. Yeah, we have had some bad draft picks. We have, to, but I'm convinced that next year, if we get and maybe I go to Doug I say, Doug, you got to have somebody else calling the plays. Yeah, if Doug doesn't want to do that, hey, there's the you know, hey, you can leave. Uh, Howie, you can't be totally in tar- charge of the draft anymore. You know, we need somebody in here. Now, maybe that won't work. I you know, they had Joe Douglas for a couple of years or whatever. Um, but I don't think you can just come back with the same exact organization. No, no. I, I don't agree with that at all, but I'm not necessarily right. saying that you're gonna have a new GM, I mean a new whatever how he is, or a new coach. I, I you know, I just don't see that happening.
2: Yeah. Um it's it's Yeah, and, like, it goes back to what we were saying in the beginning. I mean, you know, Howie and and Jeffrey, like, Jeffrey, like, nurtured Howie all the way since he was, you know, a young 20-something intern and stuff like that, all the way up. Um, It'd be like Ted Solari firing you, Kevin. (laughs) (laughs) It would just be – I mean, it's a different dynamic than what was in Atlanta. I don't think there was that same type of, you know, closeness between Arthur Blank and and Quinn, Quinn. and, and no. Dimitrov and everything like that. And, um, Arthur,
1: and, and he should have fired Quinn last year. I mean, yeah. I, yeah. I mean it's very
0: evident. Anyway, yeah. go ahead, yeah. Martin. I'm sorry about that. Go ahead.
2: No, no, that was, that was basically what I was, was going to say. It's just like, you know, things have to change and stuff. But it doesn't mean that people have to change. You True. Know what I mean,
1: yeah.
0: uh, you know.
2: are you? And the ha- other thing are, is, uh, with uh,
1: no, Kevin, how do you fix? Like, let's say they come back and maybe they have different, uh, you know, an offense, uh, some guy calling the plays, or what? Well, you can't fix this in a year, can you? I mean, they they have to whatever they oh, do. You can't because you of coach,
0: the cap issues either. I mean, I, but,
1: I too. You're,
2: that's and, a but, big but, issue. Yes,
1: next year other than the fact that you're playing in a horrible division probably again or a division where nine or eight wins can probably. But people, I think, have to understand who's ever in charge or whoever the quarterback. This thing is, I wouldn't say like a total rebuild, but you got a lot
0: of retooling to do. And like Kevin said, you you might not have the wherewithal to do it. Uh, And maybe it becomes a more appealing job in a year from now when you're kind of on Mm -hmm. the other side of the cap hell and well, you, may, what, have, and you may have, and right you may have another top, you may have another top five pick. So,
1: and that's supposed to excite me. <laughs> I mean, really, I mean, so Whiteside's going to catch seventy-five
0: passes next oh, year. I mean, is, come oh on! Oh my god! But oh, last question. Uh, this is Troy. The last question. No, it's the, not. The, but the, G- tell them tell him yeah. it is anyway. All right, Jim. <laughs> the whole Jim Schwartz DK Metcalf thing. I, I yeah, that became a story late last night. That. That Schwartz told Metcalf, "You're no Megatron," and and or you know, it, Schwartz says it was a compliment that he's getting that level, and of course, Metcalf may have just. Why would why would Jim Schwartz be saying anything to him at this point?
2: Yeah, I don't know. It, it's not. It, it wasn't ideal, and I and I think Schwartz did mean it as a compliment. Like you know, here here you are. He coached Calvin Johnson in Detroit obviously knows how great he is and stuff. And and I think that's what he was saying, but like, you know, DK Metcalf, you know, you know, players, he looks for slights in every corner. Yeah. Look at Michael Jordan, you know, you watch that last dance documentary and you know, the slightest thing he would take that and have like a huge game, whether it was in the playoffs against the Celtics or Pistons or whatever. Um, And I think it, that was kind of the same thing. I mean, I think DK just kind of like took, Took a compliment and turned it into something. Maybe you didn't understand it. I don't know. But you know, the guy's obviously great. I mean, he's But that's something
1: isn't that something you say after a game?
2: Like you walk <laughs> yeah. to him
1: after the game and say, No, I'm I'm being serious. As he's, he's walking
0: to the bus and leaving town for the year, yes, you no, say
1: if if you, you want to go up to him after the game and say, Hey, you're really good. I coach Megatron, you you can be that good. I got no problem with that. And I don't think Schwartz meant anything by it before exactly. the game, but you're right, Kevin. You you just they don't say. You, it. You don't, all right, how, don't about, how about how about a
2: how about a new rule like Doug tells all his coaches? Okay, don't talk to anybody on the other team before the game. You're that banned. that I mean, may that yeah. may be coming this week. Hey, don't laugh. <laughs> Fun. Let me. Ask you,
1: Mark, I got one question before before you go. Right. The way that they decided to cover Metcalf, you know, basically you put a guy out on an island that you pay a lot of money for. Mm-hmm. And did you agree with that? Or, I mean, and I kind of saw the wisdom in it to a point, but like on the play where he got beat down the middle, that to, took it to the one yard line, you can't leave a guy out there totally like that. Can you?
2: Uh, yeah. See, the thing about that is, you know, all year pretty much Slay has shut down the opposing, mm-hmm. you know, top receiver. And, right. And if you give him help, then you've got Tyler Lockett on the other side on Avante right. Maddox. Sure. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I think that was their plan. They're going to cover, you know, this is, you know, our stud cornerback. We're going to leave them with DK Metcalf one-on-one, and, and we're going to give Maddox help with with Tyler Lockett. Because if they had, let's say, covered given Slay help, then I think Tyler Lockett probably would have had a huge game instead, you know? yeah. yeah. Well, so, so, so let, let me ask you. Out.
1: Let me ask both. Of you. Wait a minute. I'm going to ask both of you guys this. If I. Poor Martin's got to go. Soon. No, <laughs> no, I'm good. I'm
2: good. Okay.
1: okay. If I had told you guys last week that the Seahawks are going to come in here with this, you know, Russell, whatever, and they're only going to score 20 points because basically the last three points was because the Eagles went for a fourth and 150. Okay. Would you have told me the Eagles had a 50 50 chance to win the game or they, they should win that game or? Or, or, or is this the team that's only going to score 14 points now and that's going to be the end of it?
2: Uh, uh, the latter. I, I don't think they would have been able to score 20 points.
1: Oh, okay, no. okay,
2: fair yeah. enough. I mean, when have they done that lately? Um, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. this is what they are. I mean...
1: Yeah, against the worst defense against the pass in the league. Though. Yeah. And,
0: and, and by the way, I will say this, and I put this on Twitter last night, that everybody, if you want to buy your wife a car for Christmas, if this line... For next week, stays Packers minus seven. Just load up. I mean, literally, take the mortgage, <laughs> take everything. Like you tease it, Kevin. You tease no, it. you
1: don't tease it because that means you have to have another part of the bet. No, you just yeah. And if look. you and if you if you took the Seattle's last night, you know what? Oh you yeah, You lost.
0: Yeah, because yeah, Doug's because the Doug's I, fascination. Don't tell
1: me, Kevin, with don't Doug's ever, fascination I,
0: with the two, but go ahead.
1: I agree with you that I would not bet the Eagles, but don't ever tell me that there's a game where you can just go out and put your 401k on it, and you're laying seven, and the Packers might win by 30. I'm not saying they won't, but I'm just telling you. I've seen too many things in my life where I've said, you know, can you imagine if you bet Seattle last night laying six and a half, and that happens? (laughs) And by the way, why was Doug going for two? Going for
2: two, yes, yes. I mean, I...
1: uh, look, I, there's a whole laundry list of things I don't understand, and that's one of them. But you know, whatever.
0: Wired yeah. Frank from the USA Today Network, who will be on the call with Doug Peterson in about an hour. Oh, uh, enjoy that. That, man. that <laughs> Yeah. By the way, will you will you see will you guys get Howie before the uh, before the season ends?
2: You think? No, we we don't get him in season. It's not until the. You know that week after the season, when general managers have are obligated, I think by the NFL, general managers have to talk once the season's over. So, so, so the we G- haven't. I think Howie, the last time he talked to us was uh, cut down day, September fifth. I yeah. want to say.
1: Ask him yeah. if he would trade Whiteside for Metcalf. <laughs> <laughs> say Mike Kern wants me yeah.
2: to ask
0: you <laughs> or uh, yeah, Whiteside for yeah. Metcalf. Yeah.
1: If I hear one more time about how 150 teams passed on him, no, the Eagles took a wide receiver eight picks or ten picks or whatever amount of picks it was before that. I don't I don't want to hear that anymore.
2: Yeah. All right, I, I actually I actually looked into that uh, last week. Um, so there were like 22 wide receivers picked after JJ Arthego Whiteside in right. the second round. Of those twenty-two, like, and we're talking seventh round picks, sixth round picks, thirteen of them have like more career catches than Ortega Whiteside, <laughs> but it's like within 20 picks of the Eagles taking Ortega Whiteside. McLaren team Metcalf, there was Terry McLaren, and then there was Deontay Johnson, and all three of those guys have well over a hundred career catches. And he
0: doesn't dress by twenty-four. Doesn't- He he did did dress last night. He just never got off the sideline.
2: No, he's still on the. uh, Oh no, he's on the COVID list. list. That's right. Yeah, he wasn't. He wasn't on the inactives last night. Okay, so there was a
1: reason why he did. I'm sorry. Okay, but
2: but the game against the Giants, he did not dress. Yeah, the November fifteenth game against the Giants. So they so they could get more Ashon Jeffrey, just what they need. Yes.
0: Thank you, Martin. Five snaps. <laughs> yes, exactly. Martin Frank from the USA Today Network and be good. And the be news be journal. Safe, Martin. The news yes, journal. Thanks. of to you guys of Wilmington, and we'll be back on working the beat right after this. Our thanks to Martin Frank from the Wilmington News Journal. Literally, I say this, and I say this a lot. Uh, for guys who we have on this show, Martin is maybe the nicest man you will ever meet. Uh, he was way too nice to be a sports writer. Let's put it that way. So,
1: Kevin, people <laughs> from outside, from outside of our business, wouldn't get this, and they shouldn't get this because they read us or they whatever, and they might say, you know, Marcus Hayes, you know, the way he writes, he, he can't be a nice person, or Mike Kern can't be, or whatever. Most of the people that we have dealt with, or I dealt awesome. with over awesome. forty years, yeah well if but if they're not awesome, they're at least on the good side of the ledger yeah it's it's it, I could count on one hand maybe the amount of idiot assholes that that I've dealt with in my profession, and there were a few you know there I mean there was a couple that we came across, but it's just and I don't know if because we're all in it together if if it's just that kind of bond that you have right you know when you're out at the bar at one in the morning after covering a late game or something I, I don't know
0: um. um
1: well but yeah.
0: And, and let, let's bring up a name of another person who hired yesterday. Um
1: yeah, how about that?
0: Phil Anastasia who uh was long time at the Camden Courier Post came over to the Inquirer. I want to say about 12 13 years ago. Did a lot of South Jersey sounds
1: about right.
0: Yeah. Did a lot of South Jersey neighbor stuff cover some Eagles uh, over in Camden his, obviously. His brother his
1: brother was a big time um crime uh, reporter. Crime reporter, right? Yeah. yeah.
0: George and the last couple of years has actually shifted over to the PA side covering high schools. Um, uh, you know, he is one of the better guys, and he retired yesterday. So our best to fill uh, on his retirement. I think he's going to be doing some teaching up at Rowan. I thought I saw. Um, okay, but I mean, why don't I do that? Uh, okay, <laughs>
1: you know, know, it was a sc- scary thought. Uh, I don't know today's december the first um so i think three days from now will be my the three-year anniversary of when i walked out the door for the final time um uh, i'm pretty sure it was december 4th i'd have to go back and check the calendar but um the thing that i worry about as a profession i don't know what the inquire is going to do now as far as local you know now aaron carter's I love Aaron. Right. But I don't think Aaron has been doing as much. Because uh, of his medical he, uh,
0: condition. Yeah.
1: Because of his medical condition. So I posed this question to somebody who still works at the paper. Mm-hmm. A- and I said, so who's going to? Now, I don't know if the high schools are in a state of limbo now a little bit because of the, the winter sports. I don't know. Um, but somebody's got to cover that oh. at some point, I would imagine. I don't see them hiring somebody.
0: No, I think they will uh, probably do freelancers or maybe take a couple of their interns and do it that way. And
1: I don't even know if they have interns anymore, Kevin. You know, I, I don't know if that's even... Uh, I mean, I haven't seen names in the paper that would lead me to believe they were interns writing, but the Michael Cole is not an intern anymore, no, I don't think. No, but... Um, EJ's not an intern. I mean, they EJ's were EJ's covering like the guys. Eagles,
0: right. Right, so I mean... The Michael, I, I believe, is covering the, the big five at this point.
1: Right. But I just wonder if the high schools will just go by the wayside I don't, at some point.
0: I don't know. I think it probably but will become more feature. It'll probably become more feature ish uh, as opposed yeah, to the Yeah, and game I results. have no
1: problem with that. I, I, I don't think the games are necessarily the important thing until maybe you get the playoffs or whatever. I understand that switch in the tone. But I'm just saying, you know, you and I, and yeah. particularly you, but me too. Remember when Ted Solari was one of the most important things in the paper.
0: And it's, it's I mean, also, no doubt about and that. look, our, our buddy, Matt Breen did it. Todd Zalecki sure. did it. They came up doing yeah. high schools. That was your entryway into a place like the Enquirer. And
1: yeah, it, it's, I remember when, when, and even with Aaron Carter to a degree, I remember when, before Aaron, before the papers kind of melded, Aaron had some great back yeah, page stories, he did. high school stories, Teddy would have high school stories all the time that would get on the back page of the page, which it, the way the daily news used to be, the back page was, you know, that was the big story. That was the right. one that was maybe going to sell some copies or, or whatever. It's just a sign of the times, I'm afraid. But, um, you know, much like, uh, you know, your radio station not doing the Thanksgiving yeah. thing anymore.
0: Uh, well, but this it's is not a radio station kids, anymore, but that's all the different right. story.
1: A lot of kids, yeah. you know, don't play college ball. Or don't go to the pros. Or And yeah, high schools is the moment of their life. And I remember kids like Teddy would write about, and, and I'm sure I wrote about kids and you wrote about kids. That might have been the biggest story of their life. Yeah. That, that, that Teddy Solari went to a basketball game and wrote a story about the point guard on Franklin. You know, or the, or the kicker on Bach or, yeah. or whatever. I mean, and, and that's just kind of sad, you know, that, that there's really not an outlet. For that anymore. It'll creep up to the colleges at some point. It yeah. will. Yeah,
0: it will. Um, you know, it's. Sad. We'll. Uh, uh, but on. Uh, we sh- I should point out here on uh, Friday, a little show note. Uh, we have another guest lined up. Uh, Mr. Kern does not know who it is yet. Uh, so I'm going to surprise him. John Gonzalez will join us uh, Friday afternoon. And, uh, I
1: love John. Gonzo.
0: Gonzo will join us from Los Angeles. We'll talk a little sixers, I'm sure. Not
1: even the best part, not even the best part of his family, but you know, that that's okay. <laughs> he's he's like one A. He's one A. He is
0: one A. Yeah, uh, I'm sure, I'm sure he loves being called 1A. <laughs>
1: I'm sure he doesn't. Hey, look, if I was married to Colleen, they could call me 1A all day. <laughs> Wouldn't bother me. One quick thing on Phil before we move to whatever we move to. Yeah. One of the underrated things, and I told Phil this. Couple years ago, because he was a South Jersey guy, mm-hmm. you know, for forever. He yeah. knew South Jersey and he had to switch and cover the Philadelphia or the Pennsylvania schools because I i guess
0: Rick O'Brien, somebody Rick O'Brien, right? Right right, right, right,
1: right, right. Bill, yeah, he left and he did it flawlessly. Yeah, he did. Like, and I'm sitting there thinking, okay, you've covered Camden and you've covered Willie and you've covered all these schools, you know. It would be like if they had said to me, you know, at one point, okay, and I'm like, no more Abington, no more this. Uh you got to go over and cover Cherokee. And I'd be like, huh, where's Cherokee? And he really did, I thought, um, you know, seamlessly. You never kind of noticed. And then that that's hard to do. It's not easy.
0: <laughs> um All right. So a couple things, NFL we'll clean up here uh one obviously the the Ravens situation uh which is they're gonna play wednesday afternoon uh i love that they got bumped to an afternoon time spot by nbc because the uh, rockefeller center christmas tree lighting takes precedent in nbc's eyes over the national football league which i love i i think that's awesome um should this game be played this week, they I have, have, no have, they have Kevin, not they have not practiced at all, obviously. Kevin,
1: I'm watching the scroll on ESPN as we talk, and every other scroll is something being canceled. Colorado's canceling. Virginia's canceling. This, that, the other. Temple saying. We're in a pandemic, and I understand the NFL is hell-bent, and, and every league and every college football is the same way. They're hell-bent on doing it. At some point, you throw up your hands and say, Why? Like, I know why. It's money. I, I, I get it. If it wasn't for money, none of this would be happening. Um, it's no different than a business that's out there trying to, to get through this thing instead of just sh- – there was I, I heard something where there was some guy from um, John Hopkins, which is in Baltimore, um, who said that if it was any other business,
0: yep. they would be, be shut, shut down. down
1: yep, be- because of the outbreak. And Baltimore, I guess, is going through a bad time right now, as are – a lot of places in the country, even though we've been told for a year now that this really isn't that bad. But that that's another matter. Well, I, I'll, um, m-
0: I'll mention this to you, Mike, that last night, uh, and I saw this on our Town Watch uh, Facebook page, and since we're in the same area, I can say this. The mm-hmm. hospital around the corner from us, which is Tarsdale, uh, mm-hmm. Jefferson Tarsdale, reportedly told everybody to defer because their emergency room was so overwhelmed last night. That they right. were deferring them to other hospitals, I can believe that. Why? Why won't? And and we're only in December, and we're and we're also talking about not a small emergency room. This isn't like a two yep. or a three bed uh, emergency. Kevin,
1: room. I, I, this, and again, I, I try not to get political here because yeah. I really don't mean, but I don't think I've had I've heard our leadership in this country, the outgoing leadership in this country. Mention COVID once in the last month, month and a half. No. Except to say to reporters before the election, all you want to talk about is COVID, COVID, COVID.
0: Yeah, and okay. that you'll stop talking COVID after the election. And yeah. But I know.
1: When there's a vaccine in two months or three months, or whatever, we pat themselves on the back and take a, whatever. I don't care who gets credit now. I don't care. But why are we not addressing this issue as a country? Part of the reason is because we shut down in March and April, and people don't want to shut down again. Right. They interview people every day. They had somebody the other day. There's a there's a food mall in, in Delaware, Christiana Mall, I think, and Delaware now is going through a, a you know bad time. And there are people outside saying, no, we need the food court. Now, really? Really? Think about what you just said. And you had to go through this with testing in the last couple of weeks because, you know, so you know what you're talking yeah. about. Until you're impacted by it, it's like, well, okay. I'll take my chance or whatever. Like it, This is stupid. The, the whole world is being stupid. And I understand that when people can't put food on their table or can't, I get it. The problem is is bigger than just health. It's mental health. It's, it's, it's the wherewithal. But, my God, you have a Ravens team that's got, like, 18 players, and then you got the guy from the Steelers saying, well, it's not fair to us. Huh? Like, come on, man. It, like, in a perfect world, you would just cancel the game. And just say it ain't going to be played, and the NFL would go to that 18-playoff well, format. And the, Now they're talking about bubbles for the playoffs.
0: Well, I think that's they coming. they take a chance. Yeah, I think that's coming. But, um, but, but
1: Kevin, if they go to a bubble f- for the playoffs, it, it might not, I don't, you know, because they know they can't cancel an NFC championship game or move it to a Tuesday or a Wednesday. We're just going down a bad road here, man. And, well, I, and I understand sports fulfills a need right for us all.
0: Well and and, my, and then that, price? but that also leads to the question like of how the NFL's handling this that they've given the Ravens so much rope here on this week. When the Ravens look the Ravens violation was pretty egregious their strength and conditioning coach worked uh, you know, was in the ch- workout room in in the gym uh, and they
1: treated the Denver's differently.
0: And they treat Denver differently. And this leads to a quote <clears throat> and this will wrap up this topic, on, on at least from the NFL standpoint. Jerry Jones was asked about it this morning on his weekly radio spot in Dallas, okay? And whether that the, you know, because of his role in the competition committee and all that, whether they should have let Denver kind of, you know, kick it down the curb until tonight or whatever. Jones compared the Cowboys' seventh-round draft pick quarterback, Ben DiNucci, to a practice squad receiver. He said the Bar- Broncos weren't any more challenged with Kendall Hinton at quarterback than the Cowboys were with Ben DiNucci when he played it against the Eagles. I mean...
1: Well, the way Ben DiNucci played, I understand where he's going, but he's wrong. Um, because this guy is a quarterback. He might be a bad quarterback. He might not, you know, it might be like the Eagles playing Sudfeld or somebody behind Sudfeld, you know. But don't compare it to bringing in me you know, a, a wide receiver that he looked look, Jerry Jones is an old man who I, some people say things I swear to God, Kevin, they don't think before. You know, it's like when you say, don't hit the tweet button until you thought about it. Yeah. It, it's, just, it is what it is. And Jerry's entitled to his opinion. Uh, and, and was Denver wrong? Yeah. Denver was wrong. And maybe that was more egregious than the strength. Cause I mean, I look on the sidelines right now. now the rule's supposed to be now you have to wear a mask on the sidelines, right? Right. I saw many times last night where guys who maybe are just going out of the game, whatever, didn't have a mask on.
0: Yeah.
1: Are they going to be fined? Are they going to be dealt with? I I, I don't have an answer. I, I don't – this problem is so unlike anything we've ever dealt with before, and we're dealing with it on a day-to-day-to-day. Day. I mean, can you imagine if you get to – Uh, The second round of the playoffs, whether or not, and somebody tests positive.
0: Yeah,
1: and and now like a team. I mean, what do you do? And and baseball was so lucky. Oh, they were so lucky. Um, and I see what's happening with the colleges now. It's just you know, so Aaron McKee has to shut down for two weeks. St. Joe's has to shut down for two weeks. Teams are scrambling. Villanova's played two replacement games already. What is this? Why? Like, I just don't understand it. I, I, you know, you're putting people at risk. And it's not maybe the the 20-year-old 20, 20 kid you're putting at risk, but maybe you're putting Jay Wright at risk or you're putting the grandmother at home at risk or you're putting the guy who's keeping the stats at, at I don't know. It just seems to me like we're just so – gun hoed to have normalcy back when normalcy can't be back until people are getting stuck in the arm.
0: Yeah. And, and and it's just,
1: um, it's just, I mean, can you even, can you even explain to viewers what you went through the last couple of weeks in terms of anxiety or in terms of, uh,
0: yeah. and, And for those of you who didn't know, I had somebody in the house here who tested positive was asymptomatic, but tested positive. Uh, after being exposed uh, with COVID. Uh, she is healthy right now, obviously, uh, over last now week. Now, it's her
1: incubation period. Is she She's going to be okay, right? Because
0: Yeah, she tested like, negative this past. Uh, she got her test results back, I want to say, Friday. Okay. Uh, she actually went back to work yesterday. Um, okay, okay. So it's a, yeah, it's a, you know, it was one of those things of, uh, you know, you, you have to isolate. You have to, you know, wear a mask around your house. Um, mm-hmm. I slept on an air mattress because, you know, you, my wife, obviously it's her daughter. My wife has been around her a lot more than I have. So mm-hmm. you, you don't feel necessarily comfortable, you know, even sharing a bed because you don't know with, you know. It, so
1: your life basically for a couple of weeks was disrupted.
0: Yeah. I couldn't go to work. Uh, you know, my my even with schooling, like you know, I, I'm taking my grad school courses. Everything got up because you have to be able to provide for everybody else in the house. You know, with mm-hmm. you know, she can't leave her room, so you got to make every meal. Right. You, you know, and but see,
1: and you're one of the people, Kevin, that people would refer to and say, "Well, well, that's not dangerous." Like, like when they say only one, like they'll say, "Well, most people th- doesn't have a hardship." No, you had a hardship, even though you weren't sick, and nobody got sick.
0: Well, your I mean, life was disrupted. I mean, she technically had it, and so yes. our okay. life was was upheaval. I mean, my my wife and I on Saturday when she got her final test back, and we, her and I, mm-hmm. and, and and all three of us had, had, had tested negative uh, last week. You know, I took my wife out to Sam's Club just to get out. You know, like sure. sure. I mean, you know, I. But what I'm saying is on on the list of what people
1: would say, judging this. Yeah, you would go down as a person who wasn't affected by it because they would say you didn't go to a hospital. You didn't. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, no, you were affected by it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how else you can put it. <laughs> you know, but. All these people that got a quarantine in the NFL or Nick Saban or, or or this guy or that guy, you're affected by it even if you don't have to spend a week in a hospital or, God forbid, go on a ventilator or, God forbid, die from it. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you, you don't have to be that kind of person to be a statistic in all this. And
0: and, and I should point out, I'm diabetic. Um, you mm-hmm. know, I have blood, As am I. I have blood pressure issues, I think, like most of us uh, these days. Um, you know, I'm not in the best of shape. I mean, but so yeah, I had the underlying stuff, and that's what makes it ten times worse. And so right. that's what makes you very cautious. And, and <laughs> you know, you mentioned this, and, and, and you mentioned this. We mentioned it on the last show about like Villanova's playing up in Bubbleville, and, and you know, and and that's fine. It, you know, they're they're trying, and I get it. But there's also a point where it's a reality of just stop. You know, just you're not doing anybody any good. Well, apparently that's not the
1: reality, Kevin.
0: And because, like they're going to Austin this weekend. They're going to go play Texas this weekend down in Austin. Like who yeah. thinks this is a good idea?
1: Well, I think the Virginia football coach, if I'm reading it, or says there's something he's saying, why are we going to Florida State? <laughs> Maybe the game means nothing. I don't know. Maybe they're, you know, they're the Sun Bowl. The Sun Bowl just said they're not playing the Sun Bowl um, for the first time since 1935. They're not going to play it. I got to ask you this because I haven't asked you this. How worried were you, giving the 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 factors that you have in your body that you were going to get that you were going to, God forbid, test positive and maybe get sick? Were you scared?
0: Um. Well. I should point out. I mean, I have pretty much lived the last three weeks with a, uh, pulse ox machine. Uh, yeah, you know, the thing, what, you put, what's that? The pulse ox, the thing you put on your finger and it measures your, uh, your, uh, oh. oxygen level in your blood. Okay. Um, and if it's above 95, you're okay. If it's below, if it's below like 90, you should get to an ER immediately. Uh, oh, okay. And I was constantly around 97, 98. Uh, my, okay. I never ran a temperature. But you were you afraid that one day you were going to wake up and it was going to be eighty eight? Oh sure,
1: okay, sure. See, and that's that's that when you're and that's your not and that's not
0: common. Mm-hmm. That that's uh, we should point out. I mean, most COVID cases, if you read the research, have been mild. Okay, even sure, even in, even, in people, even in people, even in people with underlying conditions, people have it. Look, you know, right. Chris Christie. Chris Christie has asthma and all that, and right. he got through it. So you can get through it. And there is something to be said that the therapeutic. But his wasn't his wasn't mild. though, wasn't. No, I mean, no, he ended up in ICU. Right, but that's they, what I mean. but yeah. I think they said that was also a little bit of a precautionary move because of his asthma, sure. because of his weight, sure. because of all that. Uh, we should point out that the therapeutics are better, and. The, the stuff they give you to help treat the underlying conditions caused by COVID are better, but sure. It, you, do I want to, you know, knock on wood? I, I didn't need to go through
1: that. I mean, <laughs> Kevin, I, I got to be honest with you. About a month, month and a half ago, I'm trying to remember when exactly it was. I, I I went somewhere where I later found out, or when we, I, I put myself in a situation not on purpose. Was I know where I might have been near or around the person who might have had the virus okay whatever um it was in an Indian establishment okay and i gotta tell you I, I didn't go but for like about three or four days i was kind of like worried you know d- did i expose myself because i know that the incubation period can be what like up to 14 days right yeah um And I'm worried, like, you know, I'm around my wife now. Like, if, God forbid, I did get it, am I going to – because she's got asthma. And I'm telling you, I didn't like it for – you know, and then I kind of forgot about it. And I obviously, I didn't get – I don't think I got it. If I did, you know, I certainly had no symptoms. But I I just think this notion that 99% of the people that get it, nothing happens to them, is bull crap because it's still – Impacts your life, yeah. even if it doesn't seriously impact your life, and I think that's what we lose track of is just people who can't go to work for two weeks, or people who can't be around their family for two weeks, or you know, on and on and on and on. And, and I can only imagine what your what your daughter was like living in a in a bedroom.
0: Well, she a week, does I mean. have she does have cable. She did, uh, you know, she handled it very well. She handled I'm sure it she did. very well. Um, yeah. Uh, and she knew the limits. The worst part for her was she couldn't be around our dogs. And, yeah. you know, she, she's an animal person and, you know, you obviously have to keep the dogs away to a degree. I mean, you occasionally yeah. let them in the, you know, let them, you know, let her pet them for like two, three minutes if she has a mask on or whatever, but you don't want them right. exposed. I mean, it, look, yeah. it, 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 Mike, it boils down to, you know, and, and look, we've criticized the Trump administration, a lot on this show in the last eight months and rightly so in a lot of ways um but i will give them credit for this i mean the fact that this vaccine is coming so quick and, and they've removed some of the bureaucratic hurdles that you know now obviously the safety concerns you know are still there i'm sure for a lot of people but the idea that they've removed a lot of hurdles here, I think, should be applauded. They um, can take
1: all the credit. Yep. If Donald Trump wants to take a bow and and say I did it, that, that's fine. Wonderful. I go for it. Go for it. I'm just saying, you can't you you can't just lose sight of the fact that a, that a vaccine is going to come at some point. Which, of course, we were told would have been was going to be like four months ago when everybody said no, that's impossible, mm-hmm. and just not deal with the problem. Mm-hmm that you're facing at the moment. That's my problem with it. You can't just say we're going to have a vaccine in in a, by, by January 1st. So up until January 1st people are just going to get sick. You know, and if they get sick, tough crap. I uh... you know that that's the part that you know, but that's okay. It, look, there's nothing we can do about it now. No. It, it is what it is and 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 everybody said the winter was going to be worse. You know, but then yeah. again, the medical people don't know what they're talking about. Because they've been wrong so many times through all well, this. Please point out the please point out the hundred times that Fauci was wrong. I, I please point them out to me. Give me facts about what. Give me twenty things Fauci said where he was wrong. You know, no, because nobody wanted to shut the country down. Okay, fine. So we didn't, or we did for a while, and you know we're in no better place right now, other than less people are dying from it, than we probably were. Six months ago. Well, because the case numbers are way up.
0: I'll I'll ask you the question that's been asked in this house. When you're eligible to get your vaccine, will you get it right away? Yes. Same here. I have no Um, doubt I will get it right away.
1: Unless somebody came out to me and said, you know, there's a really high risk to this. Like if somebody said, we're really not sure about this. And I don't think that's what they're saying. You know, I think most of the reports are kind of like, It's gonna work. Mm -hmm. We don't know to what degree it's gonna work. It might work better on these kind of people than these kind of people. But to be honest with you, I mean, I'm 62 and a half years old and I'm a diabetic. Yeah. Why wouldn't I want to take now? The question then becomes, Kevin, if I get the vaccine, do I go back to not wearing a mask or not whatever? No. No. If I go to shop right, I'm still gonna wear a mask i think
0: yeah because like, it, like you know i mean you um life is not going to return the normal until mid mid 21 i think and that if, that's if you're the, lucky if we're lucky if uh, you're lucky speaking of return to normal let's return this show the normal and i want to bring up the phillies um you know we last week when we were on there was the announcement on friday that um 80 members of the organization were either taking the buyout or getting laid off. Um, and Bill Madden had a story in the New York Daily News which caused a lot of stir and said about John Middleton saying basically that the club had lost. Now, Madden put the figure out there, and then he backtracked. He said $2 billion. The club is worth $2 billion. There was no way in God's green earth they lost $2 billion. Wait a minute! He said they lost two billion. Two billion. Bill Madden that's said that's impossible, it. isn't it? It is impossible. What was he basing the numbers on? I, I I think it almost became a game of telephone. Of somebody said something where the word two billion got mentioned. It might have been just the franchise's overall value.
1: Yeah, but if you print that, you got to be you got to be fairly certain. A, that and that's a bad close. mistake
0: by a guy who's a hall of famer. Yeah, that's absolutely yeah. wrong.
1: I, I that did that put once in there. my life, Kevin. I did that once in my life, and I regretted it. It was when Fran Dunphy was g- going to get the job at Temple. Right. And I, I, I put a number in the paper, and I should have just said he'll make a lot more money at Temple. Right. I, that's all I should have said. She so just left the numbers out, and Fran called me on it, and and Fran was not wrong. Uh, I was not totally wrong. He was. But, but you don't put numbers out there unless you're fairly certain that you're at least in the ballpark.
0: And the actual number as reported by our buddy Rob Motti on um, Saturday when this all came out, because it was for and Sunday article. Uh, right. Is $145 million, which is not a drop in the bucket. But that's a
1: big difference from it's $2 billion. It's a big billion. difference
0: in $2 billion. Uh, but it also basically hinting that you could forget about the Phillies being a player for... Any kind of free? But is every other team in Major League Baseball in the same boat? I would think they are. Um, so then, why is it a story? I, 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 what Madden was basically saying in reading the column, right, was that baseball owners should basically collude to keep salaries down this year, and they probably will, and they probably will, especially with you know, the which loom- means
1: the, which means the catcher won't get his twenty four million dollars, right. especially with the
0: looming legal fight coming up.
1: And, but what I'm saying is, if every team in Major League Baseball is losing right. roughly that kind of money, then to me, it's a non-story that John Middleton is one of the 30
0: now. Owners. If you want to tell me that the industry itself lost two billion dollars, I'm right there. I think that it. I think it's. Oh, maybe more than two billion. I would say between two and two and a half. Now, it should be pointed well, out: baseball also just signed a couple new TV deals that right. had significant bumps.
1: And they're also looking at a labor contract, right? Coming up in a year. Looking at a
0: labor contract that'll be in twelve months. So,
1: here's where John Middleton, and through no fault, John Middleton didn't create the pandemic. Okay,
0: no, but he created his own problem with the stupid money. When you come out
1: and say, you use the term "crazy money," "stupid money," whatever the phrase was, it's like when Jeffrey Lurie said "gold standard." Okay, you set your, you have to own that. Okay, you have to own so. When then a year later you don't want to go over the luxury tax and mm-hmm. pay that money, well then people say, "But you said stupid money."
0: Hmm, what yeah. is
1: stupid money? Stupid money to me is, um, y- you know, Bill Gates money, um, you know, the guy that owns Walmart money, um, you know, you just don't care. You're just going to whatever, and, and that obviously is not the case. Now I understand now why it wouldn't be the case, perhaps, and people are going to lose jobs, and and. And every organization, I, I mean, I don't know, like, what's the, the new Mets owner going to do? He supposedly has all this money. Is he going to well? And, and there's, hell and with there's
0: one, there's one thing that Middleton, and this is uncertain. I, you know, I'm kind of treading onto the area you said that you shouldn't tread into. But yeah, you know, John Middleton's assets came from he sold his family cigar company, and that's where the bulk of the money went. His main assets are the Phillies who had no revenue coming in this year as, except for their TV contract and their advertising dollars. And they have a good TV contract, don't they? They do, but it didn't overcome the shortfalls that, you know, with I the payroll. And, um, sure. Sure. and his other industry, I believe he's tied in with is hotels with the McIntosh Inn. Yeah, that's not good. That's not good. No. You know, Steve Cohen's industry is steve cohen um you know the steinbrenners are pretty much independently wealthy now at this point but they were a shipbuilding company for a long time um you know uh, uh, the point being that I, i i think people have to understand is the phillies revenue comes from being the phillies it's not John Middleton's revenue comes from the Phillies. It's not John Middleton has all these side businesses that make him a, a you know a multi billionaire. I, I guess the problem the bucks though, Kevin, are is- the bucks are a venture capitalist group, and the so the bucks may right. have more. But John's the John's the front of this. John is the guy who's up front and who owns pretty much the majority of the, I, I, of the group. I guess
1: the, the problem is when people like us look at it is. Let, let's say John. I'm just. I, I don't have the faintest clue. But let's say his net worth is two billion, for the sake of argument. Mm-hmm. And you almost look at it and say, okay, well, John, you're going to lose five hundred million this year uh, because of the pandemic, and nobody wants to lose one fourth of their wealth, right? But still, you still have one point five billion. <laughs> like, like, and well, and things will get better, and Macintosh and will come back, and the Phillies sure. will come back. Um, but,
0: but it's uncertain I, I, when it, it when you're looking at another year of maybe not having people in the seats until okay. late in the year. I can't blame him for pulling back.
1: I can't. No, I don't either, but I'm not going to feel sorry for him either. Oh, no. Like when John Middleton wakes up in the morning, I don't think he has any of the problems that 99.9% of the people walking the face of the planet do. And that doesn't mean he doesn't have problems or he doesn't have issues or he doesn't have people to answer to. Although I guess mostly answers to himself, but I'm not going to feel sorry for him either. I'll understand what he's doing and I can feel bad for the people whose jobs it impacts, and, and, Um you know,
0: well, and that and look, Marcus, Hayes wrote a really good column about the timing and the PR end of it of, of doing this on, on Thanksgiving weekend. And, Yeah. In the holiday season, and John Middleton didn't need to lay people off and all that. It was Mm -hmm. a great column. I don't agree with everything in it. Um, And I'm not saying that in a cold way that I want to see people get laid off, but I understand. Well, when should he have laid them off? Well, his argument is they shouldn't have been laid off, that John Middleton can float it for you.
1: Kevin, every year at the newspaper. Well, yeah. And that was going to be my point. when did they lay people off? Well, they they would come in two or three weeks before Christmas. Yep. Okay? I remember one year, I'll, I'll never f- forget, it, it, and it, the one guy got laid off. They let him go. I guess it was always the first week of December, as mm-hmm. I recall, people would get let go. And as they were wont to do, like so, his last day might have been December the 20th. let us I'm just throwing a thing out there. He was a desk person. And then, as the paper always found out, was they had let too many people go. Right. And they're so looking they- at the week of Christmas. They didn't have enough people to get a paper out, uh, like, the week of Christmas. going. So they actually asked this guy. It, they went up to him and said, we, you know, we could you work a couple days that we need you? And he looked at them, and he said, no, you let me go. And the, what they said to him, and I'll never forget this, don't you have any loyalty?
0: They said this I, to that person. And I think I actually know who you're talking about.
1: I don't know if you do or not, but there might have been more than one person that they said this to. And I looked and I said, you're flipping kidding me, right? And no, they, they did. They, they they said this. I remember people crying. I remember one woman. She was She had been there for like 40 years. Her husband had died. She was there. She didn't make a lot of money. She was whatever she was. They walked into her at like 10 in the morning, told her they were letting her go and escorted her out of the building an hour later and said, get all your stuff together. Are you kidding me? And this is the problem with management. And I'm not saying John Middleton's like this. I don't mean this in any way. There is no, it's a bottom line. There is no humanitarian that comes into it. Um... And that's the sad part of it, but that's the world we live in. Yep. Yeah, you know, we got to cut. We got to cut bodies, Kevin. I'm sorry, you're not here anymore. Oh, trust
0: me, I know Mike, that. I know that wanna feeling.
1: Twice. Buy, you want to take a buyout, Mike? You know, and it wasn't put to me like that. That was my decision. But trust me, they didn't. I don't think they wanted me to take a buyout. To be honest with you, um, well, and it's horrible.
0: Well, it's it's it's, and, it's horrible. And, and and you know, look, this isn't again just the Phillies thing. Um, no, no, no. No, nope. and, and, and it's not. It's not limited to baseball, but I'm going to keep it in the Did, baseball. Did the Sixers lay off some people? Well, they tried to, and then they ended up having the back off. Um, I got you. And it hasn't affected the Flyers or the Eagles yet. I, I don't know. That. We know of. I don't know that. Okay. I, I mean, I'm okay. sure. I'm sure there's people at least furloughed. Like, if you're a member of the ticket staff of the Flyers right. or right. Right. the Phillies right. or whatever. You're not really needed right now because there's no tickets to sell. Well, if you're a member, to, if you're a member of ticket staff, you know who you're
1: going to be at some point—the toll collector on the turnpike.
0: Yeah, they are going to figure out a way because well, people are do already doing it, online, do it anyway. I was just going to say. Right. I mean, it, right? It, and the one thing that happened with Dave Montgomery, Dave always made a point of keeping people yeah. around because and finding Dave spots. Treated it like, he treated it oh, like, like a, a family. family. Yeah, and, well, and, and
1: it's it, not a family anymore. It's not, it's and not. I'm not
0: saying that. I'm not saying. Again, I don't say that in a nasty way. I'm just saying no. it's not a family. I, thing. And I'm saying it in a sense of I, I'm not dismissing that these people are going to go through some hard times, and and, and I feel yeah. bad for them and all that. But I'm also aware of the fact that it's just not what it used to be. Mm. And, and I think the reason, Kevin, why people
1: do it at the end of the year it must have something to do. No, with it's the a end fiscal. Of the year,
0: like, yeah, fiscal
1: fiscal year, right. So I, 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 but, you know, can you imagine? And they always do it on a Friday
0: or uh, they always do I it know, on, on a drop. I know. They right? always do a drop. Yeah.
1: I remember walking past, I'll never forget, Jenny DeHuff. She did the um, gossip column for, walked past her, and I didn't know that she had been, she was crying. Yeah. She's sitting at her desk crying. And I looked at her, and then I started crying. Yeah. And it, I, I felt, like shit cuz i didn't know what to say or what to do and there was nothing no. that i could say or do but think about this year that we're living in and all the people have been through and now you're sitting there and maybe you don't have money for christmas or you don't have money for i don't know you know it's it's like piling on it's it's like you know what more can happen to me and but unfortunately it's just that, you know, this hasn't happened in a century, something like no, this.
0: No. And, um,
1: You know, and so we, America hasn't gone through anything like this since World War II, which was 60, 75 years ago or whatever it was.
0: And and I think the bottom line in all of this is the fact that you just keep plugging along. Just all, all you, you can, can do. do is just keep plugging along. But that's along.
1: easy for me to say, Kevin. It is. It's easy for me to sit here Having not worked for three years, being okay financially, knock on wood, you know, uh, I have my health for the most part, you know, my what, you know, whatever. It's easy for me to sit here and say that
2: mm-hmm.
1: when we're reading stories about people who ain't going to have food, sure, people sure. who ain't going to have, you know, wait, wait till we get to like January or February and people start getting evicted from their houses. Or evicted from their apartments. Well, I because would. You know, that's uh, the next thing that's going to happen.
0: Yeah, I would think though, there's going to be some some bills put forward that'll probably.
1: But at some point, it can't save everybody. can it can't. No, it can't. And, uh, and you know that there's not going to be another stimulus package.
0: Well, I think there will be once Biden gets in, but that's a whole different. That's still. A,
1: yeah, but then you know that's by the time that people get it, it'll be it'll be summer. Yeah. You know, it, it won't even serve a purpose anymore.
0: Um. Yeah, so all right, we're we're gonna wrap this up. Uh, uh again. quick question. You know, what we're gonna do one
1: day. We're gonna have a show, probably like January. Which team is worse off, the Phillies or the Eagles?
0: Yeah, I think that's. I, I think it's a great topic. Obviously, today, I don't know if
1: there's an, if there's an answer.
0: No, I think know. I think obviously today is not the day because of, we're still in that fresh hell of whatever the hell that was last night
1: oh it won't be till the offseason it right. it'll be in January um but it's an interesting question because I think both teams are are in bad bad shape
0: yeah
1: not good not good shape let me put it that way right. is that a better way of putting it
0: 30 seconds or less what did you think of the Monday night crew last night uh
1: you know I I agree with you that they they were they were taking a lot of shots at the Eagles, but I think the Eagles deserve to have a lot of shots taken at
0: them. Yep, I agree.
1: So, I, I didn't have any problem. I'm not the biggest greasy fan, but but he he was good last night. I thought you know, I thought when they were when they were diagramming the plays where Wentz wasn't seeing guys downfield. I thought oh, but I thought the officiating crew was, was light.
0: Yeah, it was awful.
1: Um, I mean Carson Wentz, how they don't call grounding that grounding penalty. There was a couple pass interference calls on both sides.
0: Yeah, they were questionable. Slay
1: got called for one that I thought was a little shaky. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, it was just yeah, I it, it was so hard to watch that game, yeah. Kevin.
0: That's that's Eagle football twenty twenty. It's hard to watch.
1: And you don't think the Packer game will be any better to watch?
0: No, when we get Romo and Nance, uh, that ought to be interesting. So,
1: oh my gosh, that's yeah. their that's their big game. That's
0: their big game 425, Yeah. Wow! Yep. Wow. All right, Michael. I okay. got I got a, I got a uh, phone call. I got to get in on at noon. So I we're get gonna, in on at noon, and then we'll look forward to Gon's gone. Yep. Go, John Gonzalez will join us on Friday. Our thanks to Martin Frank for joining us today. Our thanks to you for joining us. Another fun episode. We'll see you again on Friday. This has been Work at the Beat. Six well, or soon.
1: You in <laughs>